Hello, welcome to the Talking Michigan Transportation Podcast. I'm Jeff Cranson. As you've no doubt heard, if you live just about anywhere in Michigan, the forecast calls for some serious winter weather this coming weekend. Uh, we're talking about Arctic cold and below zero wind chills, uh, especially on the, the west side of the state. So I thought this would be a good time to talk to someone who is in the thick of preparing for these kinds of storms. Kurt Fritz, who is a maintenance coordinator for four of the MDOT counties that see some of the heaviest snowfall because of the, the Lake Michigan Lake Effect machine from Mason through Oceana on down to Muskegon in Ottawa. He has to work with the county road agencies and the people that plow the roads uh, to coordinate on timing and making sure that uh, equipment is up to speed and all things that go into that. So he and his counterparts across the state are keeping a very close eye on these forecasts. And he talks about what all goes into that and that kind of planning and how to do things as safely and efficiently as possible. And he also talks about his background and what got him to this position and why he's still passionate about it. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. So again, as promised, I'm with Kurt Fritz, who is recently ensconced as the maintenance coordinator out of the Muskegon Transportation Service Center, uh, meaning he's coordinating with local agencies that do the plowing and other maintenance on state trunk lines and in the snow belt, some of the heaviest snowfall counties in the state all along the lakeshore. Kurt, thanks for taking time to talk about things this week as you get ready for the first first really big snowstorms. Yeah, that, well, that's what they're saying anyways. So we'll wait and see what it actually ends up producing, but sure, it's a, it's, it's a pleasure to be over here. It's a well, if it's change not, of scenery. Yeah, well, if it's not as, as, as huge, it wouldn't be the first time that uh, meteorologists at uh, all the West Michigan TV stations missed the mark, but Right, right now, we don't, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we 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 got to be ready to switch gears forwards or backwards on any of these storms that come up. So, talk first a little bit about your background and you know how long you've been doing this in one capacity or another, and you know what you like about your work and what feeds your passions. Well, all right, I will try to uh, not go back too far. I worked for the public works department in sub the south suburbs of Chicago. Uh, when I got out of college, um, you know, waiting to, to decide on a career and put my degree to use. And the more I worked outside and the more we tried to, you know, figure solutions for problems that were unsolved, uh, the more I began to enjoy, you know, the weather and the, the different challenges, uh, the, the, the variety I really like that. And then the other thing I really like to do was come to Michigan every weekend and go camping along the lakeshore, <laughs> Muskegon, Pierre Marquette. Um, so uh, 19, so this is my 25th year, um, took a job, said, you know what? I love it in Michigan. I'd rather live there. So the family, we moved up here in 98, got a job in Grand Rapids to get my foot in the door um, with MDOT and have traveled around the region i've done some snow you know snow removal in the winters in fenville uh hastings Plainwell. i did before i was a supervisor in the reed city garage 
for four years uh went back to grand rapids as a coordinator which that's what i've been doing for the last 12 in kent county and ionia county and now i have a chance and an opportunity to get to the lakeshore that was the area that drew me up here in the first place so i'm looking at this as a great opportunity um as a coordinator uh when i was working on the mdot uh specialty crews we would come up this way and trees and signs and and those types of activities but that's specialty operations so with the with the contract counties they do everything else everything but those specialty things for us uh so 90 95 percent of what happens on the lakeshore or in any other contract county is all performed by the county itself under contract yeah i want to talk a little bit more about that system and uh shed some light on that because i suspect a lot of people don't know that most of the plowing that's done on on the state routes um, across the state is is done under contract which is a very efficient way to do it but before we get to that let's talk a little bit about what you're you're hearing uh the forecast if it's if it's correct in the counties that you're talking about that you're responsible for uh, mason oceana muskegon ottawa some of the heaviest uh snow belt counties in the in the state if uh if it comes to pass what they're saying we're going to measure this in feet not inches so how do you how do you get ready for that well you got a lot of guys over here on the lake shore with with a lot of experience um the the, uh, the counties have been doing this for a long time this is uh i guess you know more maybe more significant than than what they've been re- reporting in the past for for volume so if if this forecast comes true, we're going to be, you know, blades blades down two four seven. Uh, guys will be pulled on 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 shifts, uh, so it's going to be, you know, night and day until until the snow machine turns off. Probably won't be using a lot of material uh, with the, with these volumes of snow. Um, I have been involved on the lakeshore with Kent County. We've actually done some things where Kent County if you, for uh, through a mutual aid agreement has sent drivers to the lakeshore uh, to get experience, to assist. So if, if this isn't, you know, an inland event, we can also use other counties as resources to come over here and assist as needed. So that's something that we've been working on in the last couple of years. And this may be one of those times and Fortunately for me, you know, I'm I'm currently working with Kent County and the Lakeshore County, so might be able to pull some pull, pull some resources, uh, so to speak, if we need to. So talk about the the different kind of coordination and management that's required in a in a contract system. I mean, it'd be one thing if these were all uh, forces that reported directly to MDOT, and you would go out to the garages and work with the MDOT plow drivers and kick some tires and talk about, you know, what's necessary to get the trucks ready. But um, you've got a kind of another layer in between and you have to finesse those relationships a little bit. So uh, you're not just ordering them around since they actually, you know, have their own reporting system and their, their county road commissions. So how do you, how do you balance that? It's yeah, that is the interesting part. You know, you're not directing you're you're, you're requesting and coordinating mostly with the supervisors or uh, sometimes with the managing director directly. And, 
you know, your instructions and your, your plans kind of go into their hands. Each county has, you know, like, unlike MDOT, we have pretty much the same equipment and the same practices and guidelines that we adhere to for our system. And, and our, our employees stay on our system 247. They don't have a secondary or primary county roads that they are also responsible for. So we, we have to understand that there are also, also other needs outside of MDOT that the county is responsible to perform. So we, we talk about what is the target, what is the goal. Obviously, we need priority on some trunk line. But at some point, you can't. If we're going to get two feet of snow, <laughs> you just can't let the other system suffer uh, for that long. So there's definitely some more challenges. That being said, to discuss, but it really doesn't. Uh, I think the operators really, again, we re- we rely on their knowledge and experience. And then as a coordinator, when something like this happens, this type of scale of an event. I would then turn into more of a first responder type role, you know, back up the county in that respect. Because if it's not snowing, you know, they kind of, they'll cover that for us. But when it is snowing, you know, all iron is on the road and they don't have people waiting at the shop for an assignment. So then as a coordinator, I will plug into that road patrol kind of emergency management role that, that we do. I know if you get into some of the the really difficult years, and we haven't had any in a while with a you know polar vortex, probably four or five years. But um, obviously, last winter was fairly mild. I think we hit our average in snowfall, but it came in spurts and never you know all at once. This season has started terribly slow, um, and I say that as someone who actually loves winter and loves snow, so I, I I see it as a as a bad thing, and I think it's a bad thing for the environment too. But setting that aside. Do, do you find that the folks, uh, they, they, they gear up for this? They get excited, you know, hearing that there's going to be a big storm like this and they've got to tackle it. Um, maybe that fatigue sets in later in the season. But what, what do you find the, the uh, outlook to be of the, the plow drivers going into something like this? You know, these guys that, that I work with in, in, in all the counties, they don't like to sit around. They, they want to do something, you know, uh, and most people do. They're like, you know, look, we need an activity and winter is our bread and butter. And if we're not, you know, especially the night crew, uh, you know, we're here for this reason. And predominantly, what else are we going to do? Well, when it snows, everyone gets in their truck. They're happy. They enjoy it over time in certain certain scenarios. Um, so I think generally the, the sentiment is let's let's go. Let's have winter like we used to. I'd like to see it return myself. That's great. Um, and we're definitely in agreement on that. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm hopeful for the northern Michigan economy that this uh, this continues for a while because, as you know, it's been a it's been a slow start for the ski resorts and certainly for the oh. the places that rely on snowmobiling too. Yeah, absolutely. When I was in Chicago, it was a it was an annual tradition that we would head up to Cadillac and and ride the trails. Uh, you know, and you don't see that stuff happening anymore. People kind of have given up. Uh, and, you know, the motorists are probably not happy about the snow, but the, like you said, industry and the employees that rely on it for jobs, we, we welcome snow in Michigan. 
I, I hear a lot of good things from people I know. I know that uh, that would belie maybe what you see on some of the social media feeds the, where people are constantly asking questions like, you know, why didn't you apply more salt? But for the most part, anecdotally, yeah. at least people I know in the Grand Rapids area are, are, are very pleased with how quickly the trunk lines are, are made passable and safe after these kinds of storms. So I think you should feel good about that. That's That's good. And again, that goes back to the to the drivers, the supervisors, the employees that, you know, they're out there doing it uh, ahead of, of ahead of anyone else. If you want to see really bad road conditions, drive a snowplow because you're the first one that has to go through any of it. Stay with us. We'll have more on the other side of this important message. Did you know Newton's first law of motion states that a body in motion will continue moving at the same speed and same direction while the second law states that an object acted upon by the force will undergo... Wait, I thought this was a snowplow safety message. It is, which is why this is relevant. Don't you think that's complicating things just a bit? Not at all. A snowplow weighs 17 times more than your average car. Right, and snowplows tend to travel at slower than posted speeds. So the third law states that action and reaction are equal and opposite. I think it's easier just to remind motorists to give plows the room they need to do their jobs. Follow at a safe distance and don't drive into snow clouds. Things like that. Well, if you're going to make it that simple, why don't you just say don't crowd the plow? Great idea. Stay safe this winter. Don't crowd the plow. That's it? Yeah, that's it. So have you found it all these last few years, you know, in the pandemic and as we slowly emerged from it and we know that speeding was up across the state, um, you know, serious crashes were up because of that. Do you find less regard for the drivers? Do you hear stories about uh, people being, you know, less respectful, giving the proper space and doing all the things that we advise them to do when encountering, encountering plows? Definitely notice the increase in speeds, uh, something that <clears throat> I call drifting. People just don't even seem to know where the, the edge line and the center line is anymore. And, you know, you can come really close to, to rubbing, rubbing doors with somebody if you're, if you're not paying attention. So, yes, I've noticed that. I haven't been in a plow truck in a while, but, you know, we've added uh, wing lights now, um, extended in the air so that we had quite a few, you know, not quite a few, but enough accidents where people were trying to pass a snowplow that was using a wing. Uh, those types of incidents, I think maybe are down since we've, since we've lit up the wing and yeah, we, we definitely put the word out there. I'm working with the uh, TOC in Grand Rapids to maybe start putting some messages on our DMS board saying, you know, winter operations in progress watch for snow plows. I know that's something that the Indiana DOT does. We definitely uh, are aware that people's driving habits have changed a little bit over the last few years. Yeah, I mean, uh, there are stories across the country about how seatbelt usage compliance has, has even gone down. I still can't even get my head around how that can be. Right. It's, an auto- it's just an automatic. I don't know who forgot. Well, some people actually find creative ways to disable the alarm system. So, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Talk a little bit more about 
about the efficiencies and the economies of scale that come with doing it the way that MDOT does, and I know some other states do, not all states, but um, with with the contract system as opposed to having all direct forces. Again, you're talking about apples to oranges because you have dedicated state employees to dedicated to the state trunk line versus a contractor that has your system and his system in mind you know you're really sharing sharing your resources with mdot and as far as efficiencies are concerned i think both models are extremely efficient mdot has its own set of guidelines i think i mentioned earlier that the counties you know they have a maintenance contract that says this is what we would like to see how you get there is not exactly dictated by mdot make sure our level of service is being maintained and if a county is looking or a contractor is looking for a way to, to save money on their system, that innovation is probably going to apply to our system because they're not going to, uh, you know, switch gears or switch equipment or use different materials for us as they would for themselves. So when they're looking at those efficiencies, you know, they get applied to, to ours, just like we look for them when we do bounce and scatter studies and liquid only application routes, uh, you know, so we're, we're sharing information back and forth, but I think both entities operate very effectively for us. Yeah, that's, that's good to know. You talked a little bit, you mentioned the TOC, the Traffic Operations Center at the Grand Region Office in Grand Rapids, and this is where um, people monitor huge screens so they can see what's going on in the entire region on the state trunk lines, and there's, a, there's another one that handles much of the state in the Lansing area, and then of course, Southeast Michigan and Detroit. How does the work they do and the technology they use factor into your planning and, and how you prepare for these kinds of storms? Um, you know, I'll just, let me put, let me just give a shout out to RTOC in Grand Rapids. They, they really have a good pulse and an eye and an ear to what's going on in our region. And they're, they're almost like a, they could be like a dispatch. Uh, they're, they're monitoring state police, Kent County, local. Uh, they really have a good idea, a good grip on what's happening uh, with our camera coverage, too. It's, often they can see what I can't see until I'm you know, getting to a, a scene, a potential scene. They can see the traffic slowdowns and kind of then start asking questions. What could possibly be happening there? Well, there's two feet of snow uh, and it's really coming down hard. So they're uh, a great, great resource for us. Very, you know, The people we have are very knowledgeable. They know what the goal is at the end of the day. Very, very happy to have them. It's a, it's a one-stop shopping if I need information, you know, and it, it's obviously not not possible for one person to come 100 lane miles of highway by themselves. So our eye in the sky and our TOC do a great job uh, assisting us with our operations. I don't want to keep you much longer. You're kind enough to step away from a, a garage where you were checking out some equipment in, in Scottville and Mason County um, and Mason County. Ludington area is is definitely going to be in the, the eye of this this storm, if the forecasts are correct. Uh, is there anything else you want to say that you would yeah, want people to know? Just be careful. Obviously, that's always the message. Um, but 
mind the mind the plow drivers for sure. We, we've talked about that earlier. Um, we have good equipment. We have a lot of excellent operators and knowledgeable staff on the road. So you can trust us to do our job and blow down. I think you're gonna you'll, you'll we're gonna get through this. We always do. We I don't know that there's been a storm or an event that we said well. We're done. We give up. We can't do it. You know, we're <laughs> going to get there. We're going to get there. Did you ever see that old film that was unearthed a few years ago that goes back to like the, the 30s of when winter comes to Michigan? Have you ever seen I that? I sure did. I yeah. did. Mike Heiss uh, brought a copy of that over years ago, and we watched it at Special Coos. And I just couldn't believe the, what those guys were shoveling. <laughs> by hand out the back of a truck and the volumes of snow it's just incredible with with little to no you know equipment or materials i mean so if they can handle it then we can handle it now I'll tell you that yeah i think that's good inspiration actually i'll uh, i'll post a link to that video in the show notes absolutely so. Yeah. So, yeah, Kurt, thank you very much. Good luck uh, in your in your new role. This is going to be your first big trial. Um, good yeah. timing, I guess. Absolutely. We're ready. All right. Thank you. All right. Okay, Jeff. Thanks. I'd like to thank you once more for tuning in to Talking Michigan Transportation. You can find show notes and more on Apple Podcasts or Buzzsprout. I also want to acknowledge the talents of people who help make this a reality each week, starting with Randy Debler, who skillfully edits the audio, Jesse Ball, who proofs the content, Courtney Bates, who posts the podcast to various platforms, and Jackie Salinas, who transcribes the audio to make it accessible to all.